0: Put him on his back, Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the in goal almost, Hodgson cuts it off, Hodgson taken by Norton, he took him late, Marshall skips away, Marshall skips away, Marshall's still going, Marshall's got Richards coming up outside, now inside, Richards pursued. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and cats. It is Tuesday, 14th of June, 2022. You're back for another episode of the Tiger Town podcast. Your host, Topus, on the other end of the line. I'm Zachariah. Welcome. How are you, Toby? Oh, mate. Deja vu. Just deja vu. In fine, fine, vu. Form. In fine yeah. form with that intro.
1: Yeah, deja vu, mate. Deja vu. It's just... Yeah. Deja like... vu of you saying deja vu. Oh, mate. It's... um. I honestly don't know what more I can say and what, what more hasn't been said in about what we're up to... I think we're up to episode 13 or 14, and I've said it probably 10 of these episodes, the same thing. So, I don't know. Do, should we just play a episode from episode one to five and just replay that and probably say the same thing I'm going to say in this one, so...
0: Yeah, or or from last week in the South game. Same yeah. thing, same idea.
1: Yep. So, it's... um. Yeah, mate. Ha- happy days with, uh, you know, Cameron Strohda coming on board. Oh, wait, sorry. I was just expecting that and hoping and wishing. Um, but yeah, the uh, the game itself. Let's let's probably we can probably talk about that very, 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 very briefly, and then we can talk about everything else. Yep. Uh, it's a game of two halves.
0: Full credit to the boys. And um, <laughs> what's up, Jack? Football, football was winner on the day. Yeah. yeah. It, it, is, it, it is what it is. What it is where we're at, and um, we're silly enough to think that we're actually going to get eighty minutes out of this football team, like we did see for a good six weeks in a row between the Sharks game and I guess Rabbit's game or the buy. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it's it's hard to try to assume that so many of them have not down tools already.
1: Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it was, um, I I, I actually couldn't fathom what actually happened in that game. You know, we were, I thought we were very strong in that first half. And I thought we had slowly gone away, you know, from being a, a team of two halves. But then two weeks in a row, we've done it pretty much in identical fashion. Very, very strong first half come back out and have absolutely no idea what we're doing. So, um, you know, that's not to say there wasn't factors playing into that. You know, there was some very um, audacious no calls that again went against our way, but it seems to be we can't recover from those poor calls and we need to learn how to. I mean, without sounding like a conspiracy theorist, it's... um, yeah, it seems like there's sometimes the rules are different for us than they are for others.
0: What are you talking about specifically in the Manly game? Because it was one of the few games where um, I've, what not. that's not the wrong way to, to term it. It's not one of the few games. But one of the few games recently where I haven't been particularly perturbed by the ref's decisions against us leading to momentum. I think we just, Via ourselves in many ways, let it just go, and and once we started fumbling it, couldn't be bothered trying to trying to regain regain any sort of momentum or um, anything in the game. Um, well, the one that stands out the most,
1: and the one that I think really really hampered our our momentum, and really could have put a um, given us an opportunity to put quite a few points in them was the break we made, the fact that they were never on side, the fact that they held us down and nobody was sent to the bin. Yet, well, in, almost, in almost every single game this year, every single game that's happened, someone's sent to the bin. Because mm. it is a professional foul. You're
0: slowing down the was play that, of the ball. Was that 6-4 still at that point? Oh, I can't remember for the life of me. I um, feel like it was well and truly before their the runner tries towards the end.
1: A hundred percent was hundred percent was. And that's to say like, that's, that's sort of where like that, again, that's not saying that that would have changed the act, the entire outcome of the game. But when things like, I think you've said it quite a few times, it's, it's hard to win games when one, the motivation isn't there, but two things are very adamantly going against you. And, yeah, it was just I was very, very, very frustrated with that call. I think uh, the neighbours heard me drop quite a few obscenities left, right, and centre through that whole time. Good. I, th- I think I was doing it for a good ten minutes after the bloody, the whole, you know, plays transpired. But um, yeah, that second half, no excuses really. That was pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Um. You know, the missed tackles were atrocious. I mean, I think 50. what I read, fifty missed 50. tackles. Fifty missed tackles. Hmm. Like for a team that was actually doing quite well from a defensive perspective, that was that's poor. That's so bad.
0: Um, I don't, I, don't understand how they, uh, how how the game went that way. Like when we went in at halftime at six four, heading into the breeze. Um, playing and scrambling pretty well I think early in that game we were doing a bit of damage to them and same thing couldn't capitalise on our opportunities Naden drops the ball over the line you know that last (laughs) millimetre stuff like that and and then they end up scoring first through Alloy and the most simple of simple of tries yep which is just ridiculous um and then, we, yeah, luckily we ended up snagging one before half time. And I thought, oh, okay, well, we haven't taken our chances. We've <clears throat> probably been the better of the two sides running into the breeze, yeah. so we should be able to run downhill in this second half and, yeah. you know, take a couple of chances and maybe get away with a one or two two try victory. And they just they just didn't come out of the sheds again. No, same thing that happened against South, and it's it's like they're they're back two three four. Years ago, excuse me, where it's like under 12s. and I just... no, no one seems to care enough to do something about it.
1: No, and that's the thing. It's 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 definitely perplexing because you know I don't I don't see anyone. And that's saying that second half, I can easily say every single person I paddock, I didn't see a single person that's felt they had pride in that jersey. And that's including Hastings, who will probably say that he's been one of the most vocal and influential players on our team for the better part of six, seven weeks. But that second half, no one showed pride in that jersey. Everyone's just like, uh, and it's the same thing again. And I've harped on this so many times. And, you know, I'll probably harp on it again because it doesn't look like we're going to get any better. It's they're they're happy to get their paycheck and go home. There's no competitiveness to him, there's no pride to it, there's just, you know, um it's just a bunch of guys that just like, oh well, you know, win, lose, or draw, the sun will rise tomorrow and we'll get paid. And uh just I hate that attitude and you know that's it's it's something that You know, he, like I said last week, it was the good decision. It was the right decision to move him on. But the credit that's always been given to Madge is his passion. He was always passionate. There was no two ways about that. He just couldn't instill that in the players. And it's just adamant that no one can. doesn't matter what happens. I mean, you have a, a local junior come back from being an absolute muppet after a head injury. And... Don't get me wrong, I actually think Noffa played all right. I don't think he was too bad. But, again, he just, he didn't show pride. He didn't show pride in wearing the the jersey. And, you know, I I, I ask, you know, I've asked on our chats that we talk about during the game, how does that change, how do you change that? How do you instill pride in the jersey? I mean, you get someone like... You get players around who buy into, you know, the ideology of the team or ideology of the club, but we've got no one like that. And it's, it's heartbreaking to see for somebody that, you know, we waste our hard earned dollars on jerseys, we waste our hard earned dollars on tickets. We waste our hard earned dollars on memberships, all for these overpriced, overpaid, you know, reserve graders who are playing first grade
0: to, you know, run around in the jersey that we love. And you know, it's just, it's just... I don't even care about the money, eh? Like, I've, I've bought way too many jerseys over the last couple of years. I can't wear them all. I found one in, in my cupboard the other day. That I've worn once. And I thought, oh, shit, I should probably pull that out. Was it that yellow it. training jersey you bought? No, nah, I've worn that a few times a few years ago. <laughs> that was an atrocious it's... jersey. <clears throat> I actually didn't mind it. But... Um, <laughs> and the, the point I'm trying to make is it's not... It's not the money for me. I don't care about the money I spend mm-hmm. on jerseys or memberships or um, or supporters gear. For me, it's emotional investment. Mm. Like, this club ruins my weekend it's way too often. Yeah. And it's not, be- it's not because they're losing football games. It's the nature in which they're doing it. Yeah. And they've done it for years. You're talking to my parents about how I used to be as a kid, watching Balmain. Yeah. Same story, and you know, you might point to that and go, "Okay, well, that's an issue that you have,
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> over over
0: invested." And yeah, look, but maybe you're it is. Definitely not the maybe only it one this. There. <clears throat> no, maybe it is, but there's something uncontrollable <clears throat> within me—not in terms of how I react, but uncontrollable in terms of my um, the way I feel about this particular random football club in Australia and, and how much I am emotionally invested it's subconscious. I don't know why I just, it is what it is. And I've tried to spend periods of time in the past where I've <clears throat> not turned footy off, but taken less of an interest and read less articles and watched less games and um, you know, read less um, information and, and bits and pieces about the Tigers and try to see if, if that's the case. And it isn't, you know, you might call it an addiction or whatever it is, but the point is I and so many thousands of others are so emotionally invested in this particular club and their successes, and we wear the losses. It affects me for days. Yeah. Some some bad losses affect me for days. I wake up the next morning feeling like shit. Yeah. That's that. It just is what it is. And you know the club can turn around and say, "Oh, that's not our responsibility." And yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not their responsibility about how I react to things. But um, the point is. That if a random supporter who doesn't get paid anything, who lives, you know, a thousand kilometers away from their home base, didn't come from that area, can be that, that invested and has been for the best party of 30 or 40 years, then I, I don't understand how for so long they cannot find players. I don't expect them to have the same emotional investment. I don't expect them to, to be supporters for decades on end and then all of a sudden, Um, become players. But, you know, this is the the disconnect at the moment whereby we have a supporter base going through a a really long sustained period of lack of success and failure after failure after failure in terms of on-field results. And we're just crying out for somebody within a 30-man squad at some point in time to draw a line in the sand and show at the very least that they give a shit, even 5% of what some of us our supporters do. Yep. Children cry constantly because of how unsuccessful this, this team is. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not just the fact they're losing football games. It's watching games like that on the weekend, which as you said, was a carbon copy of the, the week before, the round before against Souths, where we were in the game at halftime. More than in the game, we led Souths. And in that game against Manly, we should have been in front of those two, but it was two points. And then what happened in the second half? We let in six tries and four tries respectively and and didn't even look like we were interested. You know, and, and copying that for years and years and years on end um, is, you know, to say it where's thin would be the understatement of the world. But, you know, to your point before about saying that where, where is the buy-in or where's the investment? And how do you find that? That's the million-dollar question. Because mm. you look at somebody like Joe Offenheim-Gowie after the Sharks game and how he did that famous interview where he said, myself included in the whole club, it's just not good enough. We need to get it right. And off the back of that, we saw some changes. We started to see Jackson holding people accountable on the field as well and yeah. showing emotion. We saw Dewey crying after a loss last year. or teary because... He was he was sick of it too you know but then on the weekend Joffer's dropping off tackles left right and center he play, he played all right mind you but I saw him make I saw him make a missile too that were, the would were key Jackson was nowhere to be seen uh, and then the other name I mentioned Dewey Woolley he obviously wasn't back on the park yet so you know but we shouldn't be looking to three random players out of a squad of 30 to try to find some sort of passion and want to win. Like, surely the other 27 blokes or 20, 26, 25 now, blokes in that squad are sick of getting spanked every week. No,
1: because they, they're still getting paid half a million dollars. Why would you get sick of, you know, getting paid that much money? They're just, they, they're happy yeah, to go uh... home and accept their checks. There's no competitiveness, no, there's none. They're just you they're...
0: genuinely believe that's the case with all of them, though? Or I like, no doubt, no the doubt. there's a couple that least, collect their paychecks?
1: At least 60% of them. At least 60% of them, I believe.
0: NRL players or our NRL players? Our NRL players. Okay. Well, how, how have we ended up with NRL players doing that?
1: Because no one has a buy-in to the club. Because there's no, there's no external pride that's showing them why the, the history of this club, you know. It's not the West Tigers, it's Western Suburbs Magpies, it's Balmain Tigers. You know, both um, foundation clubs came together and have created this club. There's no buying to any of this. There is a club that has failed, so they're trying to find people that are good players that can just play good for us. That's not what we need. That's not what we need. You know, we, we've done that, we've tried that, and it hasn't worked. What we need is people that come in and... Show some passion. We need... You know, I'm going to say for probably the first... Oh, probably mid... Probably from round six to round 10. We need your James Tamos because that's what he was giving. He was giving passion. He was giving everything for it. And we can say that. He was probably the biggest improver. 100% at the start of the year. Was. Was the biggest improver. Yeah. um, You need... You know, hasting, screaming at people. You need players that do that on a continuous basis. And yes, a big thing happened at the start of the week. Probably left them a little bit flat. But what was your excuse the week before? He was still there. It's got nothing to do with Madge. It's got everything to do with the 17 players that took that field. And I'd probably say 10 of them were just happy to accept a paycheck. Like, I... I don't have a magic wand. I can't sit there and say, do this, and it's going to fix everything. But you look at the successful teams, and you know I'm actually going to put, like they haven't been successful last few years, but look at the, how the Broncos are going. They've got a league legend who's come back, and he had a horrible first season, but he's made some changes. He's instilled some pride back into that jersey. And people like playing for that jersey at the moment they like putting that jersey on and
0: showing up for that team so what do you think's changed from last year because they didn't last year same jersey same coach same city mostly the same squad well he had a he had a bit of a clean out didn't he he cleaned out a few players and a few bad eggs and so what changed that they bought Capewell and Reynolds so they bought players that are quality and I, I think it I don't think you're off track, but I think it's also, as everything is, it's always a bit more nuanced than that. And I think it's actually becomes... That's, like um, I said, it's not the magic wand, hmm. but it's I think definitely- it becomes perpetual. And let me explain. So, you and I played some footy together. And when we played, the last time we played together, we were playing in a team that wasn't doing too well. And... You recognise that when you're playing in those teams, you play you play as much as you want to play. But when you had, when we had some of our gun players available for that week, how much more do you get up when you see them in the dressing sheds versus when you hear that some of those players weren't there? And we can think of a couple of our guns that we had playing, yeah, um, for that yeah, yeah. side. And, and we know when they're in the squad and they're in our side, you gain a leg, right? Yeah. If you're sitting in the dressing sheds and you've got Cam Munster, Pappenhausen, Harry Grant sitting across from you, you're going to be playing better. Or you at the very least, and no, you're in with a fair shake in this game. So you're going to put everything in. If you're looking across the way and you've got a couple of 19-year-olds that we're not sure about and a couple of blow-ins that are laughing and joking around and you've got two Alagi on the bench, who we know is signed elsewhere, and Luchas, you start in second row and he doesn't give a fuck because he's off the Cowboys. And then Garner who's your other start in second row are putting his socks on. You know that he's off to another club next year. Your coach just got sacked this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that those things can become perpetual. And so when you're playing in teams that are used to losing and you don't have superstars in those teams, when sometimes you don't think you're a chance of winning or at the very least, you know, you're probably not a big chance of winning, those things can break you. And professional sportsmen or not, these people are humans. That's why sports psych, uh, psychologists exist, and are growing at a rate of knots to try to tackle these types of performance issues. But I don't know. That's that's me trying to put a humanistic stance on on it when we're sitting there also wanting simply the the objective results. But, um, but I think there's something to that as well.
1: But let, let's that say let, let's say that that's you know that'll definitely play a factor. There is no two ways about that. But you have a look at the teams that played, you know, the Eels and the Bunnies those two weeks where we actually played really well. Were they better or worse than the team that was lined up against the South game? Because you and I both said that's probably the best team we've seen all year put yeah. on sheet. Yeah, that's the performance we put out. Yeah. Last week was a bit different. We both agree that that was shit bench. Little was back for some unknown bloody reason. Who knows? But the South game is going to be the pinpoint for me because that was such a good roster. We had Laurie back, you know, we had Brooks and Hastings were starting to find their groove and, you know, um, new Brown was in the side and he, we were both excited that he was there and all this, you know, cumula, uh, all this, sorry, um, combined should have a positive effect because these are your gun players. But what happened? They, they, Exploded, they imploded. Sorry, they just didn't know what to do in the second half. They looked like a lost team. They looked like a bunch of reserve graders. Probably not even. That's probably actually doing them justice, saying they're a bunch of reserve graders in that second half.
0: So, yeah. if I was if actually, what, I was actually surprised with that second half. A, eh, if I'm being honest, I was surprised they were that bad. They were, they were worse in that second half than they were against Souths.
1: Oh, so I was yeah, no, hundred percent worse. But they South, were like South also a massive
0: role and pulled off a whole bunch of fluky bits and pieces and steamrolled us against Manly. They just looked like they didn't want to be that genuinely did not want to be there. Yeah. So, I, in answering I your question, I think you can get away with it early in the season when the season's still alive and there's still enthusiasm there. I don't have the answer either, like we've said, but in terms of the Seahawks and the Rabbitohs games earlier in the year, um, you know, still at that point, there might have still been excitement there. There's still positivity there. Magic's is still around. There's still messages still getting out. There's people still putting in. But the perpetual nature of it, as the season wears on, you know, the coach just got the boot last week during the week. Um, as we said before, a decision or two don't go your way. A couple of people drop off a few tackles and part of you in your head goes, well, what the hell should I put in? These other blokes aren't putting in. We're going nowhere this season. We're spinning our wheels. Everything's going to shit. Why should I bust myself? And I get that's not the attitude we want people to have. And and I don't think that that's 100% of their brain. But I'm, I, I believe that in situations like that, in losing teams, this t- sort of thing can start to creep into people's minds and it affects their output. If someone's coming back off a kickoff and I'm Zane Musgrove in the 67th minute and we're losing 26 to four, Am I am i hitting him with as much as I did on the first tackle I'm not because see, what's the difference and see, I'm, not, I'm not saying you shouldn't or that I don't want to see that but I'm saying yeah there's in, obviously in your brain there's
1: obviously parts that's probably you know thinking that or it's in the back of your head but see for me that is that is probably the best example right now of why we're not NRL standard, regardless if things don't go your way, regardless of this, that, and the other, if things, if, if you are a professional footballer and you have pride in what you do and you have pride in your Jersey, if you're down, you know, 24 to six, that's not horrible. That's not, you know, back when we used to get flogged 60 to four by Melbourne and Raiders and stuff like that. But if you're not sitting there like, all right, I can turn this game around with one good shot. Cause we know that happens. One good shot or one, you know, clean run, one hard run gets you over the advantage line. That can get your momentum going. How you don't sit there as a professional footballer, if you have pride in the team you're playing for and if you have pride in what you do, and you're like, I'm going to be that person to make that play, you know, it might not come off. It might, you know, it might be the stupidest thing you've ever done in your life. But if you put your hand up and say, I'm going to try, at least you tried. This is the thing that frustrates me about this team. Like, yeah, let's just roll over and die. That's sick. Mm-hmm. Let's get paid $500,000 a year to roll over and die. And the rest. And the rest.
0: Yeah. And that, that's the reason that I think we're, we're feeling so deflated again for the upteenth time in the last 12 years is because it's that sort of output that crushes us the most. I don't, I don't care if an inadequate squad goes out there, plays their heart out, try to scramble for everything and do their very darn best. You can see they're putting in as much as they can and they show it on their face at full time and they get beaten 42 to six. Yeah. That sucks. But at least I know that they've gone out there and tried to do their all for a club whose supporters are passionate as all buggery and it affects their lives. It's when they do, as you said, just roll over. And they just look woeful and not woeful in execution, woeful in effort, woeful in little things like dropping off tackles and, you know, 50 missed tackles. Stop it.
1: And I'd love to know how many of those are in the second half. I'd love to know how many of those are in the second half. Because when we say that, you know, things weren't clinical in attack, I'd say in that first half that we looked on song, especially when we went down that left side, And then same thing that always, like you pinpointed quite a number of times is when a game plan is working, why don't we continually go down and keep following that? Why do we change what we're doing? Because it happened. Like it's happened time and time again. I think I can't remember who it was against, but our forwards were dominating the middle, dominating the middle. And then we went into halftime, came out, we spread it.
0: Like, I don't get it. It's, And this is where you know direction same thing, leadership. Same thing happened on the weekend. Yeah, Started exactly. That game we're we'll, we'll using the ball and getting some second phase going. And Laurie and Naden were having a field day at wide. Oh, easy. I mean, I think, then, I think Naden made about at least six line breaks in that first
1: second in that first half. And then he dumped a yeah. dickhead on his head, but that's fine.
0: Um. Yeah, but you you take a game plan like that. And, and then it just goes out the window. And again, it's just dumb. Things that are happening that are dumb. Kamali mentioned it in the, in the press conference. Like multiple strips with three people in the tackle. Like that again, little strip. Are you
1: joking? Hey? That was the little strip. When not only was there three in the tackle, but he called held and he still went and reefed at the ball. I'm like, yeah. how stupid are you?
0: Uh, was that head. the one? Was that the one where he basically let go of it? It was to power someone because Little was involved in two, I think. No, mate, don't. And there think was so. there was one where he called held. Or well, maybe it as was that he, one then. Little already had the ball, and to power had let go of it. Little already had the ball as he called held. He's like, mate, that's way too close to call. That it should have been a replay. But anyway, like stuff like that, and and there was more instances of that sort of stuff and. Again, yeah, I don't know. We're we're just spinning our wheels in terms of talking about a dead game, which means yeah. nothing anymore. And and at the moment, to be honest, reviewing games, at least recently, hasn't been fun. No, it hasn't been much fun. It hasn't been very um, practical. It's not. It's not an efficient use of our time because we're just a week to week proposition now until the end of the year, and then. Yeah all eyes are on next year and what happens beyond that because, yeah. and, and and what happens obviously with the coaching situation, what hap- happens with our recruitment and retention over the next few months and into 23 because, yeah, clearly we're out of the running this year, which to say in the middle of June is quite embarrassing, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yep. Um, at least we're stuck. At least we're at the bottom with five other or six other useless teams. So, our best bet would be to maybe rise to the top of that pack. But yeah, let's try to just
1: not get a wooden spoon. Like that. Let's have some, let, let's let not be part no, of a team that gets the wooden spoon.
0: Like, we won't I mean, win a wooden spoon. We don't yeah. win anything. That's true. Yeah. Don't win finals berths. Um, we don't win wooden spoons. No. So, let's uh, move on to other news and other happenings in West Tiger's world. Because there's always obviously- something in the news. <laughs> It's always something and to be honest I'm a bit of a sadist for that I do like reading about us so I'm just one of those suckers that gets um gets added to their their online statistics and their search statistics <laughs> but um, I do like reading about us a bit of a narcissist yes. when it comes to West Tigers anything West Tigers we, but obviously I think most of our supporters are as well obviously it's been in the works for a little while and um, with Helam Lukey doing his ACL it was always going to be pushed and Luch Leilua has been released immediately to the Cows. Now, I'm assuming he's not playing this weekend. I don't think he's been named or anything. He hasn't been named in either team. Nope. No. Yeah, so he'll sit out. He's been, week, in all honesty,
1: like when you mentioned that he was released today, my first response was, meh.
0: He's been treading water for the better part of six weeks. Doesn't yeah, care. Yes. Yeah, Yes. Him and Tuolagi were the best threats in the first five weeks when the team was average. Since then, they've done bugger all. Absolutely yeah. bugger all. And on the weekend, he was he was shit house. He was honest. so bad. Yeah, well, I, I know. I actually personally don't think we've we knew how to use him. Um, to be honest with you, I think he just became battering ram for us, and that that's our fault. But yeah. in terms of how he was defensively on the weekend, yeah, he was trash. Uh, and I think you're right. He he's had one foot on that aeroplane up north for a while, so yeah, effectively. In some ways, it's a positive outcome for us because um, we get to save a bit of his a bit of his salary. So we've got about half the half the year to go, and he's on about four hundred ish So yeah. it's around the two hundred mark that we save. So that's pretty significant. That's two hundred we can put to extending someone or paying someone forward. So there's already been a bit of an early talk about upgrading um, Hastings, giving him a bit of a pay forward. Um, hope hopefully to entice him. To, to extend, but that's all, yeah, that's all uh, he's saying at the moment. Obviously, it's all happened pretty quick.
1: And we're in, started negotiations with uh, Laurie, so that's yep. good. Yeah, um, so I'm happy about. I read that uh, apparently Charlie Staines' his manager reached out to us to see if they wanted us to to buy him to play fullback. I'm like, no. <laughs> Very straight, no. Hmm. Um, no, I don't want to borrow Charlie Staines
0: He's overrated as all hell.
1: But insane, all that. We now have one or two spots left for the for the thirty. Is it because I think Naden took one the the final spot originally, but now that lucha has gone, we've got one spot available.
0: No, or is it still two. Nate Naden filled up our original spot, but then McKayle left. Yep, that's right. And then um, now Luch has gone, so we've actually so got, we've got two, two spots that we need to fill. Before August one, so we've got yeah. six weeks to do it. It'll be interesting to see
1: if we bring someone up or if, um, yeah, we look for someone else. But I can't find anyone
0: else that really. I probably hunt. not We well, do this every week. The other, the other big problem is that we don't have a coach. Oh, we so, do. We have Noddy. It's fun. So it's it's hard, and in fact, I've read. I've read tonight from a pretty good source that contracts are officially on hold until we get the coaching situation sorted. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. You know, I I don't. I've also read tonight that, and this wasn't from a good source, <laughs> <laughs> um, that Cerraldo looks like staying at the Panthers, but I don't think that's even um, anything that's Let that, me guess. That source that was close yet. Paul Kent. No, no. This was just another anonymous source on um, on one of the. Um, one of the pages of forums that I follow. So, yeah, um, yeah. But it, it doesn't seem to have much credence. But the, the one on that mentioned contracts being all on hold, that one's pretty reliable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, which obviously it, makes, it makes sense. So. Yeah. It
0: makes sense. So, which makes us think that then if we can't get that sorted in the next two to three weeks, coach wise, we may well be looking at two upgrades, which is kind of redundant in a lot of ways. Because yep. we can play, we can play the kids as it is. We can play cup as it is. Cup players up, and we can play training trials up now. Yeah, all those rounds have gone past, so it's basically just filling your squad. Um, with, for the sake of it, for the sake of filling the squads, so we don't get a fine. Yeah, should be the most West Tigers thing ever. Getting a fined <laughs> for not being able to fill your thirty man squad. Okay, yeah, that's that's great, realm. That's awesome, stuff. sick. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, so. sometimes like when the depression hits, you just have to laugh it off, don't you? We call it the West Tigers Depression because it's not just the black dog, it's the black and black, white and gold dog.
0: Mm. Obviously, we're making light of a yeah of a serious it's situation a- there, but um yeah, it's a it's a rough as everybody listening knows, it can be a rough a rough sea. But no great sailor was ever made. On calm waters, Toby. No,
1: Um, but yeah, it's so from a coaching front, so now that we're sort of on that point, we have, from what everything I've read, there are three contenders that basically it's going to be one of the three is what I've heard um, because there's obviously the primary, who's Serraldo. we all know that one. If we don't get him, it's actually going to look at—is uh, it Christian Wolf? There is. Heard, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard Christian Wolf's name mentioned too much. In I recent have times. because he worked. Uh, he's worked closely with um, Tim Sheens at some point.
0: Yeah, I heard his name mentioned a bit early stages. So, well, I've heard it. Stages him. would have been would have been last week. Yeah, um,
1: I heard him, Christian Wolf, and actually John Morris was the author
0: was the other one. Yeah. Yeah, so as far as as far as far I've heard, that's the other name that I've heard is 2IC at this point. So Serraldo's numero uno, and Morris will be a second, a close second pick. I've heard there's a bit of push for Morris within the club as well, based upon the fact that he did play under Sheens, and uh, he is pretty familiar with the club. Also, interesting tidbit, Cameron Serraldo supported the West Tigers growing up. So there you go. Yeah. He's our age. So I dare say he would have supported maybe a Balmain or or a West's before that. Who knows? One thing that gets me about Serraldo in particular is the way that the media and a lot of the talking heads recently are putting out cautionary tales for him now, which is a case of, um, you know, do you think the West Tigers would be a good fit? Uh, the Bulldogs a good fit. These places aren't really set up. And they're not going too well. It's, hard. it's going to be very hard for a, a young up-and-coming coach. Is, is he best to bide his time and wait? Mm. And well, a big they, part they, of me reading all those stories, and they're coming left, right, and centre, is what about the clubs? What about these poor clubs that have suffered for so long and they've identified the best up and coming coach and they're doing everything to try to get them. And you're out here in the media trying to kibosh the chance that these clubs have of securing one of the best up and coming coach, coach talents. What about that? Not hearing those stories. No, nah, God, no. Cause they're not good reading. Why would they do and that? Al- and there's also no interest from the media in making these clubs successful. No, they don't care if the West Tigers are going shit house. They don't care if the Bulldogs are going shit house because they know that they get plenty of readers.
1: It's, yeah, I, I you, you know, I have my gripes with the media, not just on, you know, sports, but other stuff. I, um, yeah, it's don't like reporters, really. I think it's, I actually find it really hilarious. I think it was um, uh, one of them. It wasn't um, Ricky O, it wasn't Kent, it was one of the other ones. I think it was Andrew Webster came out and said... Oh, he's atrocious, isn't he? Yeah. I remember
0: him from he's the, the Sunday Bulldog Richie
1: from the Sunday Footy Show days. Um, but yeah, he came out and he said the West Tigers are essentially a dumpster fire. They like the leaks are the worst I've ever seen. But yeah, we're more than happy to take them, put them on the front page, and let everyone know about them. And they're like, well, but that's yeah. our job. I'm like, or you find something else that actually promotes the club you know, not, hmm. not the things that are leaks and, and, you know, who they've been leaked from, you know, they, they don't ever give their sources. You know who it was? It was probably the janitor who heard something
0: in the background. It's fine. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, I can't now see they, it. Media. See, it's a shame because I do enjoy watching shows like 360 and whatnot. and Unpopular opinion. I don't mind the opinions of Paul Kent and, um, well, see, a see, of the others, I don't mind. There's
1: a bit of a difference with that because they've got, like, in the past, you know, obviously it was Benny Ikon and Benny Ikon just had it from a a footballer's perspective. And, mm-hmm. you know, he'd usually go on there. He was good. I liked Iken on there. So did I. And this is coming from a bloke that hated Ikon when he played. So that's mm. what's that tell you? And then, yeah, Brayton Astor isn't bad. He's just no Ben Ikon But he also does have the same sort of opinion of, I was the next footballer So I'm going to give you that point of view.
0: It's the ones. He's, where- he's also, uh, he's how do I phrase this? He's less unlikable now on three sixty than he's ever been. I'm not saying he's likable, but he's less <laughs> unlikable. If that makes sense. <laughs> I, not, I can. He, I can. I can handle Tigers games. Yeah, I can handle an aster on that show now. Hmm. Compared to in the past, I couldn't. Insufferable like it's, bloke. It's, it's no Benji. Let's just say that. It's no Benji. Benji's a good show. I haven't watched a single episode. I can't handle it. You can't handle Benji? He's God. No, I love Benji. I can't handle Benji's Benji show too much. <laughs> you prefer Burn to watch in. him on the
1: Celebrity Look who's here.
0: carving. Mate, shut it down. <laughs> do what you do best. Cameo rolls and go and help our club win. Yeah. And
1: so that's that, that brings me to back to that point of um. Of, the, the pride and instilling that, and you know, there's probably no two better players or people that ever had more pride in that jersey than Robbie and Benji. Now Robbie was in the coach's box. I don't know if you saw that. Mm. He was in the coach's box because he's been. I didn't even realise he was actually been promoted to assistant.
0: I don't. I don't yeah. think that's been official. Where'd you read that? That's, that's I've heard oh, that's that's what, were it, but, that's what the commentary said. That's what the commentary said. No. So, I don't I don't think there's anything official around that, but there certainly were some eyebrows raised about it. That's for sure. But um
1: like who like you have a look at the clubs that have a bit of that passion, you know. Panthers also they they very much have that pathways and everything like that. But who's around the club consistently? Brandy Alexander. There is no more passionate Panthers person or player or past player that's ever put that jersey on and you can't stand him bloody commentating the Panthers games because he is so biased it's ridiculous but he has that passion he has that passion and he instills it to the younger kids and you know they get that passion for the jersey coming up and you know it's who do we bring in to show that to go this is This is a club that you can be proud to put that jersey on. And at the moment, it's Robbie and Benji. They're there around, you know, Benji's obviously training the juniors. Robbie's helping with the senior squad. But if I'm bringing someone in who has more pride than anyone I've ever seen wear that jersey, and it's going to sound weird to say this, but I'm bringing in Darren Center. You remember watching Darren, Darren Sander when he played for Bowmaine, and then when he played for the West Tigers. We weren't going well, but he was always in everyone's face. He was always trying to roll up the players, always trying to roll up his team. I'm bringing in someone with that caliber who just loves the jersey, loves the jersey more than anything in this world.
0: Mm. Yeah, there's um, a, that's as good a name as any. I haven't heard one like that for a while. I think, I think that's one part of it. Yeah, bringing some yeah. players back in from not even the golden era, but the era around when it looked as though players wanted to play for the jersey. Like Chris Lawrence is another one. He's in and around the club and he's a West Junior. That, you know, that, that bloke played to his, the best of his ability every game he, he ran did. on that field. There's
1: no two ways about that. He obviously, and, you know, he sort of, as the years went on, kept trying to play in the same position where he didn't have a lot of speed. And then, obviously, injuries hampered that even further. But, you know, when he learnt to
0: progress and move into a different position, he still played with everything he had. Yeah. Yeah, so bringing those sorts of guys back in the fold can be beneficial. I was just having a look to throw back to that last game because it's good fun to do that. So after you're, a,
1: lost. You're, you're a sadist or a masochist, whichever the one it is.
0: Um, <laughs> just looking at the missed tackle count. And um, I'll just run through a few names. So Dane Laurie, five tackles made, five tackles missed, one (laughs) ineffective. Nofaluma, four tackles made, two tackles missed, one ineffective. 50%, 50%. Yeah. Stafford Toa, tackled at 70%. So 12 made, three missed, two ineffective. Brent Naden, tackled at 60%, nine tackles made, one on the head, one spear tackle. (laughs) <laughs> Luke, Luke Brooks obviously playing a bit of in the middle So he made 39 He missed 8 And uh, 1 ineffective oh, That's actually, probably the that most actually, tackles I think I've he, ever <clears> he heard him That break. actually has him up above 80% Still which is We like 85-90 minimum but, Yeah uh, Hastings, 18 tackles 4 missed, 2 ineffective And I think a couple of them were pretty oh, telling
1: Pretty key, yeah that yeah, one couple of
0: his efforts were,
1: were that bad. one with the Aloi through the middle,
0: <gasps> mm. yeah, terrible. Uh, Tamo he had a really bad miss one on one on. I'm trying to think who it was. Uh, it wasn't a Um Tamo Tamo had a really bad one when they was it on Sipley. Was it Sipley? It might have been, or it might even have been Aloi's second one. It was one of them. Mm. Just a disgrace. Thirty-three three miss, too ineffective. Uh, little he tackled at 93. I won't harp on him. Musgrove tackled at 92 percent. won't harp on him. Uh, Garner 89 percent. So, four missed from 35. Luch, uh 27 tackles, five missed, two ineffective. He's on an edge as well. And our man, uh, Alex 12 44 tackles, zero missed. Ah, bloody twally, one, but one ineffective.
1: What are they so deem as right. ineffective? Is they just, they making meters or they slip off or what? What are they deem as ineffective?
0: I don't know, to be honest. I'm assuming it's when the tackles miss, but they, they come back in to affect the tackle, like a second effort. I may assume that that's it. Yeah, okay. because technically they miss the tackle, but then they still also make the tackle. Yeah. I don't know. But that's just me guessing, I'm not sure. Yeah. Fair. Anyway, um, so let's, let's move on. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, And talk about what we've got coming up this week. So, as much as we won't have Naden for four weeks, because he's caught four weeks and rightly so, probably a bit yep. lucky to be honest. Oh, I actually uh, thought he was going to get a minimum of six. So, yeah. So, pretty, if you can't really say happy with that, but I guess um, happy with that result considering the nature of the tackle. It was a shocker. I don't believe, I, I believe the whole thing was a bad accident and he'll learn a lesson from it it's a shame because as much as he missed a few tackles on the weekend he's he's looking good in that center role he's chiming in with Laurie pretty well and yeah
1: I think he's he made looked, in he what, looked two, very strong weeks? in that
0: second half he's made first half half a, dozen, sorry. half a dozen line breaks and I think it's yeah. just a matter of time before that continues to click so he's a good threat out there at the moment which is good which is quite
1: surprising because we weren't all thrilled when we signed we thought he was just going to be another um, useless signing, but no, it's good to see. Yeah,
0: he's going right as a centre.
1: He, here's something too. Just going back on a bit of a tangent. So, some like a lot of the commentators were saying that you know he copped that head knock, which looked mm. pretty significant. I honestly straight away thought he was out for the game. Yeah. Do we reckon that that caused a bit of a an issue in that second half, especially with his defence?
0: I didn't even consider it until they mentioned it, and then I went. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Because it, it was a shocker and he might have passed it. Yeah, I don't
1: know how he passed it.
0: No, but he did. I don't know how, I don't then, know how the
1: independent doctor getting, didn't get involved. I know he well, did originally to get him off, but I thought the whole point of the independent doctor to get involved was for the independent doctor to assess him.
0: Well, so, I don't know if they do the assessments or not. I'm assuming they probably do, but it, the the main thing is for them to decide when players must come off mandatorily and so I'm assuming because we actually decided he'd come off then the independent doctor can review him at that point but um, anyway yeah I I think that absolutely played a role in not only his decision making but his ability to affect tackles I've been concussed and played on before um, in in football and I played a bit of AFL when I was younger too and same thing I had one head knock in AFL where I got a head knock in the first quarter and it was the third quarter. And I asked old mate in my team, if that was quarter time when the bell went and it was the end of the third quarter, I completely didn't Blacked form any memory. I played, I played, I played the other two quarters. Yeah. I completely didn't form that to memory. Yeah. So, you know, that stuff happened. I was on autopilot, so that stuff can absolutely happen. So I, d- I reckon that played a role there. So. Mm. Um, big things this week. Is the inclusion of AD Adam Dewey? So Adam Dewey's finally back. He's in the 17 too, so he's not a it's not a rumoured start. He'll be in there, and he'll be playing off a bench. And we've also got New Brown on the bench as well, which we've spoken a bit in the last few weeks. We're pretty happy about. He had an absolute blinder on uh, the weekend for the Magpies. He was heads and shoulders above all 34 players in that game. He was yeah. real he was but,
1: playing um, a
0: lock too, was wasn't he i can't remember if he was playing lock or second row It was one of the two but he effectively chimed in he chimed I mean, in like a lock yeah and also also played like a five eight a second five eight he was, yeah, he was yeah great he's super versatile and he just he looks like he's playing with ants under his skin like he' he's busy he, yeah, it's he, he it looks he's like he's playing proof. for exactly it looks like he's playing for a purpose right yeah so that's refreshing good to see yeah. Um, so, my first question for you there's probably a few storylines in this one, but is how do you think Dewey will be used? Well, i stop saying Dewey. How do you think Dewey will be used?
1: So, obviously, New Brown will come on for Little, which is, I don't know how Little kept his spot. The other reason he probably kept his spot is because of his defense.
0: Um, he made a couple of good um, half breaks, but he did the same thing that Little always does. He's he late was later. Late, How to often is he late to every, the rock? Every
1: every third play, I reckon, easy. It's like he gets lost. I reckon, not, like he, I
0: reckon, he's, I reckon he's narcoleptic. He falls <laughs> he falls asleep. That's where he needs to be. <laughs> um We did lose a bit of punch I, when he came off the field though. So that was to, we, we did, know. yeah.
1: That is true. Um but that's because we've said it before, Madden's not a utility. He's a he's a starting half or nothing. He's a starting half or nothing, yeah. Um, it's really hard because like y- you'd expect him to go into the centers, but for who? Like, does he go in for Capola? Um, does he go in for, um, for Tor? What actually might happen because he, you, you pointed it out too, Kenny's been hampered by a bit of a knee injury over the last few weeks, last few months. Does he come on for Kapawa? Kapawa pushes to the wing, and Kenny comes off.
0: Possibly, I got a theory. I think, mainly he's, I, mean, I think mainly he's on the bench just to get some game time somewhere. I think that's the thing, and I think oh yeah, there's, make, there's no two ways about a, that. But yeah. how will they no utilize. proof plan. What I'm thinking will actually happen is they're going to bring him on at some point uh, to play five eight. We'll see. We will see New Brown come on to relieve Little but New Brown will then push into second row to relieve one of the second rowers. And then Brooks will go into hooker, hooker. and then Dewey will, Dewey will come on and play 5-8. Um, because New Brown's shown in New South Wales Cup that he can play yeah, yeah. second row. Second row. yeah. And so I think he'll be there to be able to basically cover all of that. So if he's needed in a hooker, he'll play hooker. If he's needed in second row, he'll play second row. Because if you have a look at our bench, arthur has been playing as a middle, primarily. Yeah. And then the only other mid, only other forward is 12 who's a prop. Yeah. So we've effectively got two props and we've got no second row cover or options there. And so I think that's where New Brown comes in because Kelm has been playing off the bench for the last five weeks. So, he,
1: yeah, he probably doesn't have the gas.
0: No, exactly. So I actually think that's what will happen. So whether or not we see New Brown come straight into the – the second row on an edge, I'm not sure. I actually think he'd be good on an edge. I also think he'd be good at lock.
1: I think he'd be great at lock. I think he'd yeah. be the the modern day lock. He'd fit that to a T.
0: Oh perfect. He's yeah. he's the perfect um, epitome for it. He's about yeah, he's you think he's about ninety-five, ninety-eight kilos? Something like that. Tackles yeah, well. Not a small uh, man. He's His an X five eighth. Yeah, exactly. He's quick. <laughs>
1: But at the same time, like having that as a second row is also a great option as well, having that ball play. Mm. I mean, you don't see it enough, but like a way Graham, who when he gets the ball, you don't know whether he's going to pass a kick sometimes because he mm. has That's that That's like skill. what
0: Schuster's becoming.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. By the way, just back on that, Schuster, how the hell he's going to be a 5'8 at that size is ridiculous. No, nah, he won't be.
0: I was looking at that in the weekend saying, mate,
1: you got to cut out that hamburger membership. Mate, he's, play five, eight. he's a bit sloppy, but he is at a perfect size for a second rower,
0: yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah, that's where that's what I reckon will happen. So, just to repeat that, because that was a bit of a dog's yeah, done. I explained it. Um, I think that little will come off, Brooks will push into uh, hooker again, and ad will come on and play some five eights. So effectively, what madden did last week yeah and i think Except new brown yeah. yeah and i think new brown is there rather than actually be there as the hooker replacement i think he's actually there as a and everything like a, a yeah. genuine utility whereas dway is there to be that um i guess that halves replacement it's not it's it's not a system i agree with but i think he's simply in the 17 because he needs some miles in his legs and i think this is the way they're going to go about it because they're they're definitely taking a gently, gently approach with him. And fair enough. Oh, yeah, because fair enough.
1: Second knee, Rico, on the
0: same knee. so yeah. yeah, we want Dwayne for the next five years, not for the next five weeks. No. Um, so,
1: obviously, we're going up against the Dogs, who had probably the biggest upset of the year in thrashing the Eels. Is that their big win of the year? Or do they get some momentum off that?
0: Everyone seems to think they've turned a corner, quote-unquote. I reckon they just had a good game. Um, I reckon it definitely showed what they can do, but they're the same squad.
1: I tell you, I tell you what, it's impressed me all year, and it, it continues to impress me, is how fluid Matt Burton's kicking technique is. I absolutely yeah, love it's lovely. it. Mm. Yeah, I, like, it looks
0: like there's just no effort to it whatsoever, but it's perfect. He kicks a football in play the way that Lomax kicks a football uh going for goal. Just drops it on the boot. No, when Lomax is kicking for goal, I think the same thing. Oh and okay. the way and the way that Burton fluidly kicks the ball in general general play. play. I, I agree. Yeah. Like he
1: just the way it looks like there's like you watch the Brookses and the Hastings and I reckon you watch eighty percent of the halves and they do the same thing. You know they're gonna kick because mm. they just shape, they move through the same motions and they put the ball up. He just has the ball in hand and it just in about half a second gets to his foot. And I just watching him like that's beautiful. like that that try for Addo Carr mm. off the kick. Oh, I watched that kick and I was like, Wow, mm. that was just yeah, something was really
0: nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so at, at least, at the very least, we've seen what they can do when they turn up. And that is be a pretty bloody good football team. So, insane um, that the Eels were pretty bad too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about this game. We're just going to have to wait and see. Like I said, I think we're just a week a week proposition now. I think if people are making too many predictions about what they expect us to be on any given week, I think they're, they're fools. So, we'll yep. just get whatever we get on the day and we just hope we get a committed team
1: yeah we might
0: we might we probably won't but we might we've seen that we have many weeks this year we've had a committed team and many weeks this year we've had we've turned in performances that are more than enough to beat this bulldog side and we've already beaten them once so we'll see how we go yeah it's i don't know it's
1: it's yeah i i can't i'm gonna probably say it for the rest of the year i don't think i'll pick anything I don't think I'll put, give any scores or anything like that because I have no idea who's turning up anymore. Um, hopefully, hopefully oh, I'm not going to change until he scores one. It's not going to happen. Do you want another one on top of that? Yes. Dwayne, he scores on his
0: comeback. Oh, there you go. That's pretty bold. Yeah. Um, what about you? Okay. I'm going to say Capoa. Uh, Flick pass from Amalo in the corner. So uh, that that's, I, don't reckon that's,
1: I don't reckon that's that bold. I reckon there's a pretty good Asuka, chance of that happening.
0: Asukapoa Asuka has played one game in centre.
1: I know, and we loved him in that game. And I don't understand why they keep putting him in the bloody wing.
0: Every time I make a, a, a bold call, you always say it's not bold. It's not bold. It doesn't have to be unlikely to be bold. It's still... <laughs> Still relatively unlikely. Has he ever done it before? I don't know. No, you do know. Do he's I? never done it in first row before. So therefore it's bold. Oh, so you want done another it. one? If you want another one. Yeah. Uh, new nude brown to have a try assist from um, from second row or lock.
1: Oh, that's a
0: good one. I like that. Oh, you happy See, with that better.
1: one, are
0: you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you're happy with it.
1: Good. About time you came to the table with something interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that was more moderately bold rather than mildly bold. (laughs) All
1: right. right, Very good. Neither of us are going to give a score prediction because neither of us are going to throw a hat in the ring for that one. Um, But at the end of the day, like I said, as long as we show up, as long as we show like we want to play football for a team that we like, I'll be happy. That's it. Actually, no, That's actually, awesome. no. If we lose to the Bulldogs, I'll be so upset. <laughs> I'm just going to say That's it out loud. Too. We're playing um, at our
0: favourite stadium, Combank Stadium too, otherwise known as Parramatta's home ground. Yeah, That's always good. Yeah. Um, so, Sunday... Sorry yeah, say 4.05. Yeah, Sunday 4.05 at Combank Stadium. Uh, us versus the Doggies, bro. Get there so, if you can. Uh, get there if you can. If you're in Western Sydney, you guys know yeah. the drill. Get out. The boys are in a... In a low spot, we're struggling. We're fighting hard as a club and a supporter base. We don't stop bleeding black, orange, and white. So if you're out in the area, get out there as best you can and show the boys the support. There's uh, one little final
1: thing that I just want to say why I'm a little bit happier than I should be, and that is uh, that the Titans are bottom of the ladder. That's just so funny. How much money Mm. they've spent and uh, Mm. how much they're not performing. It's great.
0: Well, that's it, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Who would have thought that spending one point two million dollars on a enigmatic, um, inconsistent oh, and, second rower would and, isn't be a silly eight,
1: and isn't Tino on and isn't Tino on eight hundred
0: something like that? Well, they've bought Kieran Foran for next year, broken down thirty four year old five eight to play halfback, so that should help them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what they they're mean. rivaling
0: Canberra for the worst franchise in Australian sport in my books.
1: <laughs> you keep saying that about Canberra, but yet they've won three premierships. You can't really say that about a team that have won three premierships.
0: Oh, but I do. I can't <laughs> All right, Toby, pleasure talking to you, mate, as always. Um, going into the game on the weekend, at least hopeful for a win yeah. because we're not playing against Penrith or the Storm, so uh, we'll be watching it. We may well be watching it together at this stage. We'll see how we go. Yeah, mate. All right, mate, as always, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers.